You're listening to the podcast of Antioch East Baptist Church in Magnolia, Arkansas. This is Pastor Ron Owen. We're so glad that you've joined us today. If you have any comments or inquiries, you can send those to us at aebc123 at me.com. Turn to 1 Corinthians 15. Now, I have two different texts up there, and I will read uh, Luke 24 for us. And if you want to find it, you can. But uh, I want us to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I want to talk to you this morning on the resurrection according to the scriptures, which is all we need to consider. Amen. I want you to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and if you would not mind, stand with me in reverence to the reading of God's Word, and we will look at verse 3. For I delivered you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that He was seen by Cephas and by the twelve After that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain uh, to the present, but some have fallen asleep. After that, he was seen by James, then by the apostles. Then, last of all, he was seen by me also, as by one born out of due time. Luke chapter 24, verse 45, Jesus will speak. First of all, it says, and he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Then he said to them, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary. Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ, the Messiah, to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. I'm going to go ahead and read verse 47, and it doesn't have to do what we're talking about, but it, it's good. And that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Well, I, I, I shouldn't have said what I did a ago. It's very important because without the resurrection, there would be no salvation. Right. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, bless this message. Forgive me for my fleshly uh, actions. Make me fit to preach your word. Make everyone in the pews fit to hear the word. Help us to respond in faith and obedience, and especially today, someone, we pray that someone would come to know you as Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. When Jesus said these words, and when Paul wrote those verses in Corinthians, they were both speaking about the teaching of the Old Testament. They said, according to the Scriptures. Now, the question is, where does the Old Testament teach the resurrection of the Messiah? Our texts are very detailed or specific, I guess. They say that Scripture teaches, number one, the death of Christ, that the Old Testament teaches this is not, uh, uh, the, the, the death of Christ in the Old Testament is not hard to find. But it also teaches that he would be buried and the resurrection would happen. It taught the resurrection. And that, even more specific, the Old Testament teaches it would happen on the third day after his death. Okay? Now first, we'll see in the Old Testament 
that the Old Testament does teach the resurrection and that it does teach that it will happen on the third day. And we will, after his death, he will rise three days after his death. And that it teaches that, um, and we'll end with the Old Testament teaching on what the results and ramifications of the resurrection are. Okay? That's enough. Uh, right here before breakfast. Amen. You're going to get spiritually full and then we're going to go stuff our bellies. Here, right, here we go. Number one, I want you to notice that Jesus's re- Jesus' resurrection was taught in the Old Testament. Number one, and by the way, uh, we are changing up our, our uh, computer system. We do not have a Bible to shoot up here for you, so we're going to have to go old school, so get your Bibles open if that's what you depend on. Uh, but uh, So i got a lot of Scripture. Number one under that are A, according to David. David prophesied about the Messiah's death, burial, and resurrection. We find it, first of all, in Psalm 1610 and many other places. I'm not going to give you an exhaustive list. For you, he said, will not leave my soul in Sheol, that is the place of the dead, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. And that is bodily resurrection. All right? That, that before the, the worms start feasting and the body decays, that David was speaking about a resurrection. Now, the thing about it is, who in the world was he talking about? Was he talking about himself? Of course he wasn't. And he goes on in Psalm 22, verse 15. He says, My strength is dried up like a potsherd, like a piece of broken pottery, and my tongue clings to my jaws. You have brought me to the dust of death. A great depiction of what happens to the body from, res- from uh, crucifixion. Verse 27 goes on, says, All the ends of the world shall remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nation shall worship before you. Before David? Of course not. That's not what he's talking about. For the kingdom is the Lord's, and he rules over the nations. David never ruled over nations. All the prosperous of the earth shall eat and worship. All those who go down to the dust shall bow before him, even he who cannot keep him, uh, can, can keep himself alive. In other words, everybody that dies is going to bow the knee to somebody. And we know that David was speaking prophetically about Jesus Christ. It's the only answer it could be to that. Are these verses just talking about David or are they dual prophecies about Jesus' death and his resurrection? And I say, yes, they are. As a matter of fact, that's what (coughs) the New Testament writers say of David. They quote David, especially in Acts chapter 2. Look at verse 24 of Acts chapter 2. Peter preaching on the day of Pentecost, and he quotes David, and he says, Whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, talking about Christ, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. See, it wasn't a question for three days. Is he going to rise? Is he going to rise? No, he was just waiting for the time they'd planned. And so here he says in verse 25, For David says concerning Jesus, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart rejoiced and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh also will rest in hope, for you will not leave my soul in hell or in Hades, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of joy in your presence. So he says that those verses we read were prophetic verses about the coming Messiah, his death, 
his burial, and his resurrection. Rejoice. Number B in my outline, it's also taught according to Isaiah. Y'all know I love Isaiah 53. I use it quite often. And it just gets better and better. Isaiah 53 verse 8 says, He was taken from prison and from judgment. No doubt this is a prophecy of Jesus. And who will declare his generation? Now listen, for he was cut off from the land of the living. This is a prophecy of Christ's death. For the transgression of my people, he was stricken. And they made his grave with the wicked. That's his burial. But with the rich at his death. That's exactly what happened. Jesus was buried in a rich man's tomb. He just had to borrow it a few days. Because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. And he has put him to grief when you make his soul an offering for sin. That's what he was doing on that cross. He was dying, listen to me, in your place. He was taking his sin upon him so that you can, in faith, take his righteousness upon you. Pardon me. Woohoo, that's good. Amen. Where was I? Uh, verse 10, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He was put to grief when he, you make his soul an offering for sin. Now listen, he shall see his seed. Well, how's he going to see if he's dead? Because he's going to rise again. He shall prolong his days. How's that going to happen? If You can't prolong your days if you're dead, can you? Oh, God can. Jesus can, he is God, and he shall prolong his day. The pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the labor of his soul, and he shall be satisfied. <laughs> Amen. By his knowledge, my righteous servant shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will divide him a portion. Now, I'll tell you what, I've seen a lot of people go over here to this field over here and bring flowers, and I'll be honest with you, it's not for the people that are laying in that dirt. It's for them. It's for us. We used to have decoration days. I don't know if we have a decoration day. Y'all have decoration days around here? Nobody's heard of that? Well, up in Fort Smith area, they had what they called decoration day. Usually it was around Mother's Day, and everybody would go and decorate the graves of their loved ones. And uh, so we had a decoration day. Uh, but they're not doing that so much for the ones who have died. They're doing it for themselves. But I'll tell you what, I have never seen anybody take a plate of food to anybody over in that field. <laughs> have you ever seen that? And yet God said, for Jesus, therefore, I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured, now listen, English is very important, isn't it, Christy, English teacher? He poured E-D. Not he had poured, he poured out his soul unto death and he was numbered with the transgressor and he bore the sins of many and made intercession for the transgression. Yes, he did die, but yes, he was buried and yes, he rose from the death. Amen. According to Isaiah, number two, Roman numeral number two, Jesus' resurrection on the third day is taught in the Old Testament. Now this is interesting. Jonah taught it in an exemplary way. Jonah 1.17 says, Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah, 
And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Now, if you're an observant student, you'll say, Brother Ron, that said nothing about Jesus' resurrection and death. Well, Jesus, God in, uh, in uh, God incarnate, prophesied and spoke in Matthew 12, 40, and this is what he said. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. I'm going to tell you, I could spend all day long with the allusions in the Old Testament of the three days and three nights. But I picked that one, and then I picked this one. In Hosea, Hosea. So first of all, Jonah, it's according to Jonah. Number two, it's according to Hosea. In the book of Hosea, chapter 6 and verse 1, listen to this interesting verse. And let us return to the Lord, for he has torn, but he will heal us. He has stricken, but he will bind us. And after two days, he will receive us. And on the third day, he will raise us up, that we may live in his sight. Ooh, isn't that good? Isn't that good? Some will say that this is not a reference to the resurrection, that is simply that it's simply a prophecy of Israel's revival. But the only thing that can revive the spiritual dead is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. My friend, if Jesus had not done what Israel was a picture of, Israel wouldn't have done it either. In Luke 24, 25, the Bible says, Then he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and entered his glory? Isn't that what the Bible's been teaching? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Wouldn't you like to have been at that Bible study? John 5, 39, you search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life and these are they which testify of me. I'm telling you, Jesus is in Genesis and every book after that all the way to Revelation. You cut this book anywhere and it bleeds the blood that stained the old rugged cross. It's about him. He's the central message of this whole book. That's the problem. You think you're the central message of this book and you're not. It is Jesus But he did come to save you. He's the hero. He's the rescuer. He's David. Not you. He's David. We're the cowardly Israelites hiding in the background. Jesus is the victor for us. The ESV study Bible says this. Hosea was not willing, uh, no, excuse me, not writing about the Messiah directly, but about the people of Israel. The New Testament use of this idea depends on seeing a parallel between Israel's resurrection on the third day in this verse and Jesus as the Messiah representing and embodying his people. The potential of Israel's third day resurrection is to be ultimately realized in the resurrection of the one who acted in Israel's stead. This picture of Israel's death and resurrection thus sets the pattern for what eventually will be accomplished in and through Jesus Christ. Which, by the way, I've got to mention this, which also means the church does not replace Israel. God is still going to save his people. 
And he's also going to save the church. And one day in glory, when Jesus comes and rescues us, there will be Israel and there will be the church. And we will be one in Christ, like the Trinity is one, like Christy and I are one, like this church should be as one. We will be perfectly one together with our mother-in-law, Israel. Well, amen. I didn't mean to get on that, but it sure was good. To all my army, all, uh, all, uh, uh, all millennials, friends, there you go. After all, the point of Christ's resurrection is to make our resurrection possible, isn't it? Isn't it? First Thessalonians 4.14 says, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. Philippians 3, 10 through 12, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Paul said that I may know him. The first thing he mentions is the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Well, that's not for today, but we should think about that. Being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead, not that I have already attained or am already uh, perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Jesus Christ intends to raise his children from the dead. Hallelujah. Lastly, lastly, just in time for breakfast. Jesus' accomplishment in resurrection taught in the Old Testament. The Old Testament tells us the reasons why Christ would rise from the dead. Are you ready? Get your seatbelts on. If you're a lover of Christ and salvation, you may run and shout. I promise you. Daniel 12, 2 says, And many of those who sleep in the dust. Think of all of our loved ones over there. Many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Now, you know that the dead that are the lost that have died also will be resurrected, but not to life. They'll be resurrected to eternal death. But we will be resurrected to life because we've trusted in the life giver, Jesus Christ. Isaiah 26, 19, your dead shall live. Together with my dead body, they shall arise. This is Isaiah 26. Awake and sing, you who dwell in dust, for your dew is like the dew of herbs, and the earth shall cast out the dead. Isn't that a wonderful picture? Woo, glory to God. I've told y'all over and over you've heard me do funerals. Every time I mention that one day the most exciting place on this property is going to be across the street. When the trumpet sounds and the angel shouts and Jesus comes and the dead in Christ shall rise. And we're going to join them to meet the Lord in the air. And forever, the Bible says, we will be with the Lord. Woo! Psalm 71, 20. You who have shown me great and severe troubles shall revive me again and bring me up again from the depths of the earth. These scriptures are not just teaching a spirit returning to the Lord, but a bodily, material, physical resurrection. Uh, These are some of my favorite verses. I use these a lot in funerals too because I I just love them. Uh, Job 19, 25 I quoted these verses, I believe, at my mother's graveside and my father's graveside. For I know, Job said, I know, I'm confident that my Redeemer lives and he shall stand at the last on the earth. By the way, 
That's a reference to the resurrection of Christ. He's going to stand physically. He's going to stand on the earth. And verse 26, and after my skin is destroyed, this I know that in my flesh I shall see God whom I shall see. Now listen. Get this thing to work. Whom I shall see for myself and my eyes shall behold them and not another. How my heart yearns within me. <laughs> Doesn't your heart yearn within you? Now I want to tell you, I enjoy some things of this life. I do. It's been some beautiful days out there. I enjoy this church. I enjoy the people in this church. I love being with my wife and my children. I love some things. I love golf. And there's many pleasures in this life that I love. But I want to tell you something. I, I yearn and long to go to heaven to be with Christ, to get all of the pain and agony, sorrow, sickness, sighing and crying over with and be with Christ. Listen, I don't know whatever it is you enjoy here on earth, but I, I, don't, I can't imagine unless it's sinful, it's not going to be in heaven. And how much enjoyable it'll be in heaven without your hip hurting and your knee being swelled and your toe swelling from gout and you having to wear these glasses and have the hearing aids and all the other things in heaven perfectly enjoying the things of God and we'll be doing it for the glory of God for the glory of God which you ought to be doing now but many times we do it to heap it on our own self now I, I gotta go back here according to these scriptures we will be awake and aware we will live forever we will have a body and we will see we will sing and it is something to be uh, be longed for he says how my heart yearns within me the word heart is actually the Hebrew word for now listen kidneys that's weird to you, isn't it? It's the, it's the word for kidneys. Basically like saying my insides, my guts. Now when we have something horrendous that happens to us, it says it hit me in the gut. But when we have something joyful and happy, we say, oh, it hit me in the heart. That's the way we talk. But to them, they said both of them. If they were happy, boy, my guts. That got me right in the guts. Right in the kidney, man. It's kind of odd, but that's just what it did. It's a reference to the seat of emotion, and to them it was the gut. That's where you feel it. That's where the butterflies are, isn't it? And the word yearn simply means to cease or to stop. We would express our love and hurt at being separated from our loved ones by saying, I miss you so much, my insides hurt. My heart has stopped beating. That's what he was saying. Same thing as we say about the things that happened to us. Job is exaggerating his longing to be in heaven with his Redeemer. Have you? Have you felt that way? Do you feel that way? The old Happy Goodmans, you know how I love the old Southern Gospel music, used to sing a song, I don't want to get accustomed to this world. But man, some of us have. have. If the thought that Jesus was coming today, if we had the thought that and knowledge Jesus was coming today, I guarantee you a lot of us would be disappointed. Disappointed. As if, now listen to me, Jesus lied to you and he said, it's a better land. It's a better place. 
And I know young people don't feel this as much as older folks, but I can remember when I was a kid hearing preaching like this, and man, I had a yearning in my heart to go to heaven. And I don't know, when I got saved, Miss Wanda, when I was born again at the age of eight, ever since then, I've always had a feeling of homesickness inside of me. This world is not my home. I'm passing through and my treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. And mama beckons me from heaven's open door. I just can't feel at home in this world anymore. You know, it's resurrection. And I think you ought to focus on life and all. But I, re- I, I, I cannot think I cannot think about when I talk on this subject of thinking about my blessed mama. How I wish you folks would have met my mama. She'd have loved you. I wish you'd have met my daddy. He was a sweet old gentleman. He was a good man. You'd have loved him. You'd have liked him. But you can't meet him down here. We're going to have to wait. But one day you're going to meet my sweet little mama. My feisty little mama. And you're going to meet my sweet, strong, marine daddy. You're going to get to meet him. Today I'm wearing a shirt. I have a, a lot of clothes Miss Cooksey, uh, Cooksey, Cooksey gave me. Miss Wanda gave me a Brother Cooksey's. This is his shirt. And I go in my closet, and every time I wear something for Brother Cooksey, I think about him. And I can't go by Brother Fred's house without thinking about Miss Jean. Can't do it. And I could go on and on because I've buried a lot of our loved ones and we've seen a lot of our loved ones going on. And I thank God for the resurrection that one day there's going to be a homecoming. There's going to be a homecoming like you have never seen. And we will be together with our loved ones. We will be together with our friends. And we will be together with our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, that is a message you ought to be able to shout about, isn't it? Isn't it? What a love story. Only in this story there may be tragedy, but it ends in triumph. The triumph secured by the resurrection, the death of our Lord, and he was buried, and then he rose again of our beloved Christ. The resurrection confirms. The resurrection resolves. It ties up all the loose ends. It satisfies. It answers. It affirms. And it assures. It assures. In conclusion, now visitors, I've got to warn you, my my folks know that word means nothing sometimes. Sometimes I love conclusions. Sometimes I have three or four of them in a message. But I promise you today, just one, we're fixing to be eating here in just a minute. The resurrection is the crescendo of music, the climax of all drama, the glory of all sunrises. It happened 2,000 years ago, and everything that's happened since is just details. The resurrection is the guarantee of biblical prophecy, predictions and plans, our resurrection, the second coming, the defeat of his enemies, and the making of all things new are minor minutiae because the master was resurrected from the dead. Believe today. Here's the message. 
Here is the Lord God who will rule the nations with the rod of iron when he does come back. He died for you. He rose for you. And here is the message. One day he's coming again and he could be coming for you. So what you should do is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved today. Be saved. 